across the oceans An undiscovered paradise Forget New York and California There's a better place, now close your eyes Take my hand There's a better place, now close your eyes Take my hand We are almost there A favorite place on earth Massachusetts Good evening, New England, and welcome to Taste of Massachusetts Helping you program your GPS for New England I'm your host, Vincent Arachetti, and we are live on AMA 30 WCRN as well as the Spark Radio Network out of Brockton. We're here every Thursday and Friday, 7 to 9 p.m., and you can find all of our great content on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Taste of Massachusetts or by using hashtag Taste of Mass. You can join the conversation tonight by calling 508-871-7000. That's 508-871-7000. Once again, I'm your host, Vincent Arichetti, and co-hosting with me tonight... The lovely and talented Jezebel Grace of the Graces, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I am having a blast. <laughs> and of course, behind the glass tonight, managing all of our, uh, managing on the ones and the twos, Cam minute. from WCRN. Cam, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Having a blast, having a blast. So, um, this is, uh, we're, we're actually very fortunate to, uh, go right into the show tonight, uh, starting off, uh, with a great interview. We have, uh, on the line, Jim Carmody, the general manager of the Seaport Hotel and World Trade Center, as well as one of the founders of the Boston Wine Expo, which is uh, happening this weekend at the Seaport World Trade Center. Uh, Jim, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm glad to be here. Always talking about the Boston Wine Expo. Thank you very much. Uh, love having you. Uh, it's something I've been to in the past. It's a great, uh, it's a great event, and I love the fact that uh, it has a great charity angle, um, helping out the uh, Floating Children's Hospital, and I believe their summer program, correct? That is correct. It's probably one of the biggest kept, West, best kept secrets of the uh, Boston Wine Expo. The New England Medical Center Summer Camp Program take, puts about 250 children with a chronic disease, uh, be it uh, asthma, diabetes, uh, and they have to be below, living below the poverty line. Uh, also participating in three community health centers uh, in the Dorchester area, uh, and we sent about 250 kids uh, each summer for a two-week camp experience. So now they're not the unusual kid with the with the needles and the uh, the insulin. Everybody's doing it, and they're very much uh, part of a, a a group learning to uh, develop new coping skills. Uh, and it's very special for them to do this. And it would not be attainable if they didn't have this source of funds. And I love the fact that uh, people enjoying wine are basically funding it. <laughs> you know, not only are they funding that, the, the secret is there's about 18 charities. The, the Pan Mass Challenge, the Mass Coalition for the Homeless, uh, the VNA of Massachusetts, the Hugh O'Brien Leadership Foundation. This is what really has kept the guild members involved in making sure the wine expo is successful for 26 years. So um, it's uh, I know it's you've got a packed weekend, um, uh, actually full, more than a weekend really of events. I know you've been doing some uh, great events leading up to it. Um, I know in past years you've had uh, very well known. Um, celebrities uh, come in, uh, and you also have a great number of food demos. So I wanted to just kind of throw it to you to take it away. What are you proud of this year? What are you excited about this year? Um, you know, going on, because obviously there's great wines and uh, and whatnot, but uh, I know you do have a lot more than just uh, just the wines there. 
Well, what I, one of the things that year after year I'm, I'm most proud of, of the Boston Wine Expo is the seminar program. I mean, it's really a terrific seminar program that the seminar committee starts to work on it within a week of the closing of the prior year's vintage. And they get very excited about it. Some of these uh, have real academic rigor to them. One of the ones that I think is quite special this year is with Fred Eck. And Fred Eck is a, really an international treasure, although he's local right here in Cambridge. And Fred has been the importer of Gigal wines for several decades. And Fred will be t- leading a tasting to Chateau d'Impuy. And that was founded in 1990, uh, 1985. And they, um, they took six different vineyards and blended them on the Rhone. Uh, and it's really an exquisite wine. Each one of these bottles would be probably $75, $80 if you could get them uh, on current release. He's starting from the very first vintage and right through to the current vintage. And he's also going to be presenting a bottle of Chateau Lalandon, uh for tasting. So you can actually taste several different vintages and get a sense of year-to-year variation and also how a wine ages. And it's really an extraordinary wine that's not readily available. And then if say, let's say you like sparkling wines. Valdio Badeni, that is from uh, the northwest uh, part, the northeast part of, of Italy, about 50 miles north of Veneto. And this, if you like um, Prosecco, it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> this is really the state-of-the-art DOCG-classified uh, Prosecco, the best by which all others are, are measured. Yeah, it's really uh, the region for it. Yes, yes. And, and then, you know, we... I don't know what your age is, but when I grew up, we all grew up on Blue Nun. Uh, and that was a great transition wine from the pop culture in the States to, to wine. And we left that in the dust and said, oh, we're really serious about now. We can't drink Blue Nun anymore. And that actually almost destroyed the category of Rieslings. And yet yeah. Rieslings is probably the finest food wine. It's, it's the most versatile. And we're going to have a, a Riesling seminar for about 14 different Rieslings to try and really get to understand what are the really finer parts of, of, of Riesling? Now, the, be- the beauty of Riesling is you have, uh, well, first of all, it kind of made a comeback because everyone discovered ice wines, which generally are made with Riesling after the first frost because the sugar content jumps. Then people kind of started discovering Riesling in and of themselves, uh, both the German Rieslings, uh, Two Princes, I think, is probably one of my favorites, uh, and then the French Rieslings. And then what ended up happening was... Everyone decided that Riesling was the best thing to have with turkey. Obviously, (laughs) obviously, uh, obviously right around uh, Thanksgiving, everyone's eating turkey. And all of a sudden, Riesling goes from this afterthought to the staple in in the American palate for wine. So, um, you know, you're now starting to see Rieslings, uh, at least the grape, cultivated in New York and California. So, um, Pacific Northwest. Oh, huge. And I don't know why, but Portland. Uh, in, in Oregon, just huge, uh, huge for Riesling now. And, um, I think there was a wine spectator write up, uh, two or three months ago about, about how they're just gonna dominate the American market because they're gonna be able to dominate based on price. So well, that, know, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of like learning about all of this stuff. So we're talking to Jim Carmody, general manager of the Seaport uh, World Trade Center, but also uh, one of the founders of the Boston Wine Expo, which is this weekend. Uh, take me through a few other things, cause I know in past years, one of my personal favorites, um, is a guy named David Venerable on QVC, and I know he came in a couple of years ago and I was really mad I couldn't make it, but, uh, Bring us through a few of the uh, people coming in, be it for uh, celebrity chefs or whatnot, that uh, that people might uh, might want to see. 
Well, there, there's, uh, I'm sure you remember the Roan Rangers, and they were kind of, uh, they, they made it to the, the front cover of, of um, Wine Spectator one time, dressed up as, as the Roan Ranger on a white horse, a white stallion. Uh, so we have uh, Randall Graham coming in with Bob Lindquist. Randall Graham, of course, from Bonnie Doon Vineyard, uh, and uh, Bob Lindquist from Coupe. Now, Coupe is a wine I look for on a wine list because I always find it to be one of the most exceptional values. Uh, and and, I, and they're just uh, they're, they're quite different in their personalities. Uh, Randall's a little bit out there, and, and Bob Lindquist is just a very much down-to-earth guy, but they make a terrific combination, talk about the wines, and they deal with a lot of Rhone grapes in Southern California. Now, you mentioned Riesling, and you mentioned the sweet wine, you mentioned ice wine. Randall takes a little twist on things, and he likes ice wine. He likes the truck and Baranus Laysen and those other kinds of wines. And he went to Germany to see how they made ice wine, found out that they wake up in the middle of the night, harvest frozen grapes, and bring them in. He says, I like the wine, but that's too much work. So he <laughs> took all his wines and his grapes into a commercial freezer, froze them, and called it Van de Glacier, a wine of the icebox. So uh, a very... Very colorful character. Uh, we also have Billy Koss is going to be manning, manning the, um, the chef stages this year. Uh, and we have lots of local uh, chefs, some of the up-and-coming chefs of Boston, of the new top restaurants in, in, in Boston. So we're pretty excited about that. And Billy Costa always adds a, a level of entertainment, uh, and people enjoy listening to him and as, he, as he emcees uh, the day. Um, we have some spectacular wineries coming this year, uh, Alexander Valley, uh, Charles Heitzig, if, if, I, I mentioned Prosecco, if you like sparkling wines, we have Prosecco, we have Cava, we have uh, Champagne from Charles Heitzig, uh, we have Duckhorn coming back, Gurgich Hills, uh, you mentioned Oregon King Estate. One of my favorite white wines is uh, Coton Charlemagne from Louis Latour, the king of, of white wines as far as I'm concerned, and I'm excited they're coming back again. Now, we have uh, uh, Charles Wagner from the uh, Wagner family. He's bringing with him Camus Special Selection. How often do you see that? Not uh, often. And not Camus often. Is, uh, Camus is always popular. Yes. Uh, and he's bringing with him uh, the special selection Napa Valley. And have you tried the Mer Soleil Reserve Chardonnay? I I have not. I generally go more towards reds, but that's just me. Okay. Well, that's a special uh, Chardonnay. I think it has a, a special taste. Now, also, we have a, uh, a, a lot of richness here at home that we sometimes overlook. We have Bill Nesto, who is a master of wine. Uh, Bill has written a couple of books, uh, The World of Sicilian Wine, that won the Andre Simon Book Award, and he has just completed another one, The Search for Tuscany's Noblest Wine, which is also now being considered for another Andre Simon Book Award, and he's going to walk us through a Sicilian tasting. Uh, and Sicilian tasting, we've heard about red wines being very good for your heart. They seem to be very high in resveratrol, which is one of those components within red wine that seems to help people in their cardiovascular health. The, the one person I have to ask you about that's going to be there um, this weekend and um, it may be more of a populist type of uh, question, but um, Robert Mondavi Jr. is going to be, uh, I believe, uh, is it, I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday at 11 a.m. going to be speaking um, about uh, about their wines. I I got to think that he's got to be someone in demand. So getting him must be a great get. Well, you know, Michael has been coming for some time. Uh, Michael's always been a big supporter. So now he's bringing other members of the family, and, and we're 
thrilled to have him. Uh, that is a name uh, that is uh, familiar with all people. I mean, he created he created uh, Fumé Blanc. That was a name he created. Nobody was selling Sauvignon Blanc. He created Fumé Blanc and it jumped to the top of the... Uh, so he's a marketing genius. He was a quality genius um, and, and a very nice man and uh, made, made a real, real statement for California wines in the world. Uh, one other person I wanted to mention that I was kind of impressed with only because um, I'm from Massachusetts. I've been around the, the industry for a while. Um, you have uh, Denise uh, Hara, from, um, the vice president from Burton's Grill. And uh, I've, I've had uh, many lunches with her just in my various uh, past of, of working in marketing and whatnot. Uh, she is someone who absolutely knows her wine list. Uh, well, and especially someone who, you know, coming from someone who's um, head of operations at a steakhouse, I, I've got to think she's going to uh, add a lot to uh, to the discussion. Well, I, I, I think one of the, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, that is an outstanding restaurant, and they have a terrific wine program there. Uh, you can find the popularly priced wines, but also you can get these really unusual wines. And you know, trust the sommelier and tell them what you like, and they have a great wine program, very knowledgeable staff, uh, and they'll lead you well. So, yes, you're right. That's that's an exciting because sometimes you don't know how to navigate a wine list, and they they do. Absolutely. Um, once again, uh, Jim Carmody, I wanted to thank you for joining us. I know, uh, especially now, you're in the final setups of the uh, Boston Wine Expo. All information can be found at wine-expos.com. Thank you once again for joining us, Jim. Thank you for talking to me about the Boston Wine Expo. Thank you very much for joining us. 508 871 is the number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. We'll be right back after this. Seven is the number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome I'm back to my nightmare that is Mumbo Number Five. <laughs> I my heard microphone's the... up too loud. I need to. I'm like, hey. By the way, I heard the. I look like a South Park character. I heard the Mickey, uh, Mickey Mouse version of Mumbo Number Five. Yeah, I didn't know it existed. That was adorable. Yeah, yeah it was very cute. And uh, they must have filmed it at the same time or whatever. Cause I know, because he was, yeah. It looked like the exact same video, shot for shot, except for with Mickey. Also known as the late 90s. Yes. Um, welcome back, everybody, uh, to the show. Uh, thank you once again um, for Boston Wine Expo for uh, giving us that uh, great breakdown and preview. Um I want to kind of take a step back, go into shout-outs to Ooh, see... Oh, I actually have notes this week. You do? Oh, yeah, I know. Printed them out. I'm I'm getting fancy <laughs> again. Um, just wanted to know um, first... Actually, first I'm going to throw it to Cam to see if he has any shout-outs or previews of what you might be doing this weekend that might be really fun. Well, I uh, am going to see Rick Astley this weekend Whoa. at the House of Blues. Wow. That like that is That's epic level. <laughs> yeah, uh, you could say I'm a bit excited. Um, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Kind I can't of wait. A, kind of a big deal. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Very big deal. I'm expecting him to just play "Never Gonna Give You Up" like the like, like over and over, over and, and over again. and over. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll just I'll just pot that up for the entire <laughs> for the entire show. It's just gonna be in the background. So what I was gonna say, I'm kind of surprised you didn't rickroll me uh, yet. <clears throat> but then again, it's only uh, it's only been what uh, one or two segments of yeah. the show. But uh, you, I love the fact you're going with your dad. Yeah. So it started as a joke, uh, basically, and then all of a sudden, you know, we just uh, kept laughing about it, and then decided, screw it, we're going. <laughs> and there, and uh, that's how we ended up there. So yeah. where are you going? Uh, you going out to eat beforehand? I don't know. That's a uh, that's a good question. Probably. I'm ju- somewhere. I'm just saying, you know. What's a good place? Tresca. I'm Tresca? just saying. Ray Bork uh, might be there. I don't know. It's early hmm. enough in the day. Hmm. True, true. Um, uh, it is at the House of Blues, oh, so it's oh, in the Kenmore Oh, area. actually, you know what? You should go uh, Loretta's Last Call. Loretta's right, Last Call. Right around the corner. Uh, southern style, um, you know, chicken and waffles. Um, got this whole Mardi Gras theme. You know, we're kind of close to Mardi Gras, so that, that might be good. Uh, Great Bloody Mary bar. They, don't, they do it all the time, by the way. You can get a Bloody Mary anytime, not just hmm. on I brunch. I love Bloody Mary's. Yeah, so um, that might be a good place to go. Um, I know you're a burger fan. I know, yes. I know you lean more towards uh, McDonald's, but uh, Tasty Burger is around the corner. There's a Wall Burger around the corner as well. Oh, that's right, the relatively new one. Yep. Uh, uh, I would go to Tasty Burger only because there are fewer locations. Like Tasty Burger. Yeah, well, you'll have more opportunities to go to Wahlburger, probably. You know yeah, what I tr- mean? True, true. Um, but uh, Tasty Burger is right around the corner. Mm. So that's I, definitely a possibility. Uh, that might be a post uh, a post meal, a post event meal. I don't know, depending on how you want to schedule your night. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But uh, I I can't wait. And and I do want to kind of ask you uh, your thoughts because. A uh, lot of Bruins, uh, Bruins news in the last kind of week or so, <laughs> yeah. and we didn't really get to talk about it last last Thursday. We got snowed out, um, literally could not move. So sorry. Uh, and then Friday night was our Valentine's Day episode. We really couldn't talk about Bruins too yeah. much. Wouldn't have been appropriate. But uh, so uh, Claude gets uh, fired. Then Montreal hires him. Yes. So what what are your thoughts on this? I love it. I absolutely love it. So, you know, I was I was pacing around the station when I found out that he got hired by the Canadians uh, for about an hour because I couldn't calm myself down because uh, I was just so shocked. Uh, it was it was awesome. Uh, I think it's great. I think the rivalry needs something like that. Yeah. Uh, ever since PK Subban left, and I I can't wait to see how that unfolds. I think it's hilarious though that he took. Uh, Michelle Therrien's job. I think that's hilarious. Well, do you know, I, I don't know if you know um, this, but the last coaching job that Claude Julien had was with the Canadians. So uh, he went from the Canadians to the Bruins and I, now back to the Canadians. Had, I think he had one smaller gig in between, but yeah, from 2003 to 2006. And yeah, yeah, you might be right because he took over around, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh so yeah, he's going back to the Canadians, and uh, I I think it's hilarious. I think it's awesome. Uh, I don't mind them firing him. I was fifty-fifty on whether they should do it. So whatever decision gets made. Well, that. I mean, the thing is now though, uh, the Bruins got to do something, or they've you know, looked good since they they're playing a different style now that uh, I think suits them better. Small sample size. Yeah, small, very small sample size. I'm not jumping to any conclusions, but 
Uh, I heard a very good point be made that um, Claude Julien plays a ridiculously defensive style, yep. and that is not our strong suit. Our no, strong suit right is... now are young shooters who can put the puck in the net, and we need <laughs> to highlight that. And uh, I don't care if every game's you know like a six to five style game. Put some goals, put some pucks in the net, and Cla- uh, Claude, uh, Claude, Claude, whatever his style is, really much more traditional Canadian hockey. Uh, four lines, no matter what, and yeah, defense. Um, it was time for a change, I think. Yeah, so it is what it is. I'm okay with it, but uh, I think it's amazing that he went to the Canadians. Yeah, because now we're awesome. going to talk about it for yeah. forever. The one real tragedy is that there are no more games against the Canadians this year. Yep. I was uh, I was talking about it. I was even looking to see if they were going to play in Montreal for any of the games. I would have driven up for that. That would have been cool. Uh, Jezebel Grace, your thoughts on Claude Julien? <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at like food pun pictures right now. I got some good ones. So, do you have any um, any shout outs, any any things of notes, any any food puns? I'm looking that you at a picture steal? of a dog's face in a slice of bread right now. So that's that's, and he's that's an, where my mind's and at. And he's an inbred dog. Five zero eight eight seven one seven thousand. The number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. We'll be right back after this. Seven one seven thousand is the number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Vincent Arachetti. Jezebel Grace cracking herself up with food memes. Oh, my goodness. They're hysterical. Cam behind the glass. Uh, yes. Would you look at the time Ugh. with a wristwatch made, of, made time. of time? Keep calm and carry on. Oh, my God. Yep. Um, so let's get into some uh, housekeeping. Great events going on in and around New England. Um one of them that we actually talked about last year is uh has made its way back around the Bugs Bunny Film Festival in Cambridge at the Brattle Theater, brattlefilm.org. Brattle, talk- they do all kinds of weird stuff at the Brattle. We talked about it last year. It's only uh between 8 and 11 dollars per show and I believe they're roughly uh 2 hour runs of uh, a bunch of Bugs Bunny, <laughs> Daffy Duck, Looney Tunes, etc. because you never see them anymore. Uh, so they're showing them on the big screen all weekend, uh, <laughs> actually all week, uh, February 17th to the 25th, because, of course, next week You know, is... I, think, I feel like I'm un-American because I don't like Bugs Bunny. What, what? Or Scooby-Doo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I was about to jump in there with you on the Bugs Bunny thing, but when you're talking about Scooby-Doo like that, I, I know. I, I can't I know. I know. You're a huge fan of Scooby-Doo. I think because my brother's such a huge fan, maybe it cut my fandom in half a little bit because he was always watching it. But I don't know. But Bugs Bunny, Scooby-Doo I can watch. Bugs Bunny I find intolerable. But um, there I'm, are some huge fans out there. I never cared for Scooby-Doo. Not that I disliked him. Diesel McWheels is going to cry some not, tears. <laughs> not that I disliked him, but I just, you know, I never really got it. I mean, I did. My favorite childhood TV show. Really? Of all time. Really? Yep. Wow. I put that, yeah. And I grew up in the Nickelodeon age. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, like Scooby-Doo. the golden age of like good cartoons yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I mean, but below that would be like Rocket Power, Hey Arnold. Yeah. You know some of them, but uh, 
Yeah, no, Scooby-Doo trumps them all. I still watch Scooby-Doo to this day. Like the old old school Yeah, ones? I have every episode of Scooby-Doo Where Are You on DVD. Really? Yep. I uh, bought it when I was drunk one day, and uh, <laughs> best decision I ever made. I have every episode on DVD, and it comes in a little mystery machine box. See, I think if I was drunk, I would probably love Scooby-Doo. Oh, it's the best show <laughs> drunk. I think one of the reasons why I didn't like it is I always knew who the bad guy was. Yeah, it, it becomes a lot less predictable when you're hammered. It's so it, like you get you get your group of friends to watch it, and it's a ju- just a bunch of people screaming at the television. I'm gonna have to try this. It's Mr. McFoley, the carnival owner. Yeah. And if like, it wasn't for those dang kids, you know. I'm getting a 60 inch TV next week, so whoa, that's prime for nothing but Scooby Doo. Yeah, I'm gonna have to like get everybody drunk and watch some Scooby Doo. Yeah, way less predictable. <laughs> hammered. You forget that they even introduced characters who could be the bad guy. Oh my god, that's funny. All right, that was, that might make me like Scooby Doo. So, me, so I don't I don't dislike it so much that I couldn't maybe like it. From so that. I don't know if the Brattle Theater serves alcohol, <laughs> but it probably would. Sorry, make I didn't Bugs mean to Bunny. hijack your night. No, no, story. no. But I don't know if it would make Bugs Bunny better. <laughs> I don't think much could make Bugs Bunny better. Bugs Bunny used to be. Come on, it was great. I liked the Roadrunner and, and um, uh, Coyote. Wiley Coyote. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Uh, they... But I always wanted the Coyote to catch the Roadrunner. Yeah, I was know, like, right? Catch that little jerk. <laughs> Brattlefilm.org for the full schedule again, uh, February 17th through the 25th, all during school vacation week next week. Um, also next week, Children's Winterfest. Uh, Highlandstreet.org is putting this on. It's being hosted by Boston Parks and Recreation Department on the Boston Common, Ooh. and uh, they're going to. It's going to be thir- next Thursday, February twenty-third, from ten a.m. to three p.m. So again, uh, during school vacation week, they're going to have Snowzilla, a three-story-high inflatable snow tube slide with a fifteen-foot-tall and forty-five-foot-long toboggan tunnel. Mountainous adventure with twin roller lanes. How's that? I want to do it. Um, I want to be a kid. <laughs> you got to like put on pink uh, pigtails, uh, yeah, no makeup, I'll show up. you know, and uh, walk like, on your knees. I'm 15, I swear. Uh, they also are going to have a snow mazing oh. instead of amazing, snow mazing maze. Uh, in addition to that. You can't use amazing and maze in the same sentence. Right. Well. <laughs> In addition to that, they're going to have a week-long winter camp at Boston Common Frog Pond with free skating uh, and rentals for all ages, uh, Monday through Friday, et cetera, et cetera. They're also going to have um, DJs from Magic 106.7. Now, this is what I want to go to see. I just want to see what they do. The Museum of Science has a chocolate truck. With facts about chocolate and free hot chocolate samples. I just like chocolate truck. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it, it's, it just sounds great. It sounds like, like honestly, forget about food trucks. I want a chocolate truck. Yeah. Like, honestly, someone out there, that's a million-dollar idea. I just want credit <laughs> and maybe a little money, if just in case. Um, <laughs> also going on, now here's the thing. This like There's more going on. L.L. Bean has a boot mobile. <laughs> Uh, sure. with, with their popular boot toss game. I've never heard of this before, but kudos to L.L. Bean for having a boot mobile. You've never heard of the boot mobile? Is it real? Are you being oh, facetious? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's, a, it's a real boot. It's like the Oscar Meyer, Oscar Meyer Wiener mobile, but yeah. in the shape of a tall boot, like oh the boot standing up. Like the, uh, like yeah. the beige. The bean boot. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yep. 
when I worked at Wachusa Mountain, it came for a couple <laughs> festivals. <laughs> How fast can it go? Like I don't know. I didn't see it move. I just saw it. I gotta say the uh, it is not that does not sound very aerodynamic. Yeah, probably not. Um. So yeah, did you play their boot toss game? I did not. I was working. Is it basically just like uh, cornhole? Basically, I have what? Ab- I have absolutely no idea. I did not see it. I just saw that. I just saw the vehicle. What is cornhole? If you want to call it that. You know when you throw there's a board with a little hole in it and you have like bean bags. You n- you never heard of that? I've never the heard way of you it. asked what is cornhole crack. Uh what is cornhole? I told you when it, I, <laughs> No, we've talked about it. We talked about it before because my father asked me the same question. What the hell do you call it that? <laughs> That's exactly what everyone thinks. That's oh the only thing you can God. think of. It is. Uh in addition to that, <laughs> Uh, they're also going to have refreshments from David's Tea, which all of a, s- <laughs> which all of a sudden uh, is everywhere, uh, and also uh, obstacle courses, scavenger hunts, and winter play parties. Yeah. Everything sounds dirty to me tonight. I, I was going to say, with me. what the hell sounds dirty about scavenger hunt? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, obstacle course, okay, yeah. No, I, now I forget what you even said because I'm too busy looking at... Obstacle course, scavenger hunt, and winter play party. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just let it go. Just let it go. I, 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 Jess like, isn't here for me to lock eyes. I was just going to say, laughing. Museum of Science chocolate truck. All of a sudden, Jezebel starts cracking up laughing. No, the winter play party. Yeah. <laughs> just sounds a little weird. It's a, oh, God. It's a it's, Game of Thrones themed party. Instead, They dress up like uh, like abominable snowman. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of furries. Yep. <laughs> which I didn't even know about until I did this show and someone had to explain to me, <laughs> which is uh, crazy in and of itself. Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. Very Eventually. Nice. <laughs> All at once. Um, actually, yeah, that show's ending soon, isn't it? There are like 10 episodes left or something? Really? They're not yeah. going to continue? I heard, I, I heard that there's two shorter seasons coming or something like is that. Is it two? I, d- I have no idea. I'm almost caught up. Yeah? I, yeah, I've crunched through... Multiple seasons That's in the awesome. past couple of weeks. I yeah. got, I think, six episodes left in the last season. Oh, man. I can't wait for you to catch up. <laughs> I'm still fighting it. Oh, oh no. Just do it. it. Just yeah, give just up. Do it. I'm it's waiting. Here's what I'm waiting for. I fought it twice. I'm waiting for the last book to nope. come out. Nope. Okay, not good. even. Thank God. Hit the lottery to have enough time to do it. Oh, yeah. Other than that, I'm just building money and making money and... He's building money. Building whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, How does one build money? You basically just keep selling yourself. <laughs> oh wow! Your time, your time, your oh, time. Oh, it's getting, wow. getting, getting freaky up in here. Um, if only I could make money doing that, it'd be so much easier than <laughs> just having have a winter play party, yeah, right? <laughs> and then no. <laughs> I I think my uh, skills with social media is much more uh, valuable to people <laughs> than any others. Um, uh, I do want to mention one more time. Uh, let's mention this, hit a break, and then uh, come back with uh, with more. Uh, I want to mention one more time, the Boston Wine Expo is this weekend. All information at wine-expos.com. Um, there's uh, sampling from 40 restaurants, seminars, cooking demonstrations, etc. And again, the the big the big thing that really was a seller for me, a um, bunch of charities are benefiting, but the major one is the Floating Hospital for Children at Tufts Medical Center, uh, their summer camp program for children with disabilities. 
Um, soon as I saw that, I said, well, we got to talk about it. I mean, I wanted to talk about it anyway because it's a great event, but uh, love it when they have a good charity attached to it because uh, just uh, any reason to drink wine is good. A charity, a charitable reason is even better. Yeah. So, uh, 508-871-7000 is the number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. We'll be right back after this. Hey, yeah, I want to shoot, baby. Shoot. Which is going to sound so wrong to me from now on. Thank you, Jezebel, greatly. Uh, 508-871-7000 is the number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. Going through some of our uh, housekeeping. I'm sorry, my headsets keep flipping out. I don't know what. It's fine now. Uh, (laughs) Jezebel, Grace of the Graces, KM behind the glass. Uh, Me, Vincent, your lovable and adorable host. Just trying to get through some nice events to do with your kids while the well, evil we and corrupted Jezebel and Cam get into horrible, horrible... Yeah, Vincent is upset that he's stuck here with us tonight. <laughs> oh, come on, Vincent. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You know, you're really making us falafel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the food puns just are uh, never ending. <laughs> you're relishing every one of them. That's right. Um... <laughs> An event I, I an event I found that I've never seen before and I want to talk about is um it's a science fiction convention but it's set up more like a real like convention uh in terms of like uh, debate and discussing topics that people are familiar with in other words it's not all just new content so it's called the Boscone Science Fiction Convention so B O S K O N E .org for all information. Have you heard about this, Jezebel? No. Okay, so this place, um, it's going on this weekend, February 17th through 19th. Tickets range from $25 to $65, depending on days and packages and whatever. Um, but it's a lot more than just what you normally see at these conventions. Um, there are some, obviously, cosplayers and, and things of that nature, but it's all real more discussions, readings, and workshops. Right. Uh, it's all taking place at the Weston uh, Boston Waterfront. Um, it's it's pretty amazing. So a couple of the things I wanted to just mention that uh, I, I remembered when I was reading it is, number one, they're going to have gaming, as in video gaming demos, but a lot of it is going to be VR, virtual reality gaming. Oh, yeah. Which, have you ever, have you ever put on the goggles and yeah. tried it? It's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's cool. It's becoming more commonplace because uh, I think it's like PlayStation. You can get it. Um, the the new Resident Evil game you can play. Yeah, there's a uh, couple different uh, companies that are coming out with them, and yeah. the PlayStation one's the easiest one for people to get their hands on. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been thinking of getting one for a while. Yeah, supposedly the new Resident Evil game is super awesome with it. I don't play scary games. Oh. I'm a wimp. I don't Aww. do that. Me too. I barely do scary movies. You know. Yep. What? Really? I agree. What do you guys? It has to be a, it has to be a really good scary movie with like a really good story behind it for me to watch yeah. it. It can't be like one of those just everything pops out and scares yeah. me. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, no, those are, those yeah, are lame the anyway. Yeah, the the scariest jump scares are stupid. The scariest movie I think I've seen is um Dusk Till Dawn. 
Never heard of it. Because <laughs> it came out when you oh, were like five. Oh, because you were like two. Ah. Uh, I saw it in the theaters, too. You should the be last, proud of me. The last scary movie I saw, though, was Don't Breathe. Have you seen that? It came out um, like a couple months ago. It's about a blind guy. Yeah, I, I, I haven't oh, seen it, but awesome. I, I saw These the summary People go for to it. rob him because yeah. they hear he won a court case, and they go to rob his house, and he <laughs> locks him in his house. Nice. And even, even though he's blind, and then like shuts. Well, see, I'd like that. And then yeah. he shuts all the lights off on him. Yeah, and then he beats the crap out of him. Right. It's, it's a great movie. Yeah. There see, was a, there was a movie about a deaf woman that was similar too. Um, serial killers like basically like trying to get into her house, and he knows she's deaf, but uh, he starts like toying with her and stuff, and it's. It's crazy. It's awesome. There's a huge twist in Don't Breathe. Huge twist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to oh, watch it's, it. Oh, it's awesome. The the only other type of stuff I liked was uh, Tales from the Hood instead of Tales <laughs> from the Crypt. No, did you ever see Tales I from the Hood? I have seen Tales oh, from the Hood. Oh, so awesome. It's a good movie. So um this uh <laughs> this science this uh sci-fi convention uh bosscone.org um they do. They're going to have, like, uh, a bunch of readings from apparently the original Harry Potter book done with uh, actors and actresses. Um, they're going to have discussions on the roles of uh, women in sci-fi, specifically in the last, like, two, three years, Katniss and uh, Ray and all of that. Oh, yeah. it, it's going to be much more in-depth. Uh, they're going to talk about things like how... The Death Star has changed. Uh, no, I'm serious. How's so this the, is like a hardcore. Yeah, it's convention. unbelievable. One of the ones that I really want to see that, like, I, I would consider going if I didn't have like a packed weekend of like stuff I really have to get done. Yeah. Um, I would totally consider seriously consider going to this because they have they're going to have a 90 minute panel discussion of what has been determined the greatest episode of Star Trek the original series, uh, City on the Edge of Forever. Which, um, for those who don't know, it's the episode where um, Joan Collins is the guest star. And what happens is um, McCoy accidentally injects himself with something that makes him crazy. He beams down to this planet and goes through this portal and goes back in time. And Kirk and Spock have to find him in 1920s America. And what happened was he saved a woman who started a peace movement, who stopped America from stopping Hitler, and so everything crazy happened. So, it, But it's a great storyline based on time travel, based on sci-fi, based on everything. It, it's a stand, It's really, of all the episodes of Star Trek, it's kind of a standalone episode where you could watch it not knowing anything about Star Trek and still enjoy it just as much as someone else. Yeah. So they're they're gonna talk like they're gonna do a ninety minute discussion on one episode of the original Star Trek series. This is like really one of the sci fi This is emphasis on science. Right. And so this yeah. this is this is uh real it's kind of what it reminds me of, it's almost as if they're looking at science fiction as literature instead yeah. of as um, escapism or as entertainment, and uh, that's why I man, I I was I I wanted to print it out and just talk about it, but I realized that's not going to be great radio for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is uh, it is something that's very interesting. Um, yeah, they have uh, things on writing too. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. How to write sci-fi in order to convert it to other mediums, yeah. be it. Uh, be it radio, TV, podcast, video casts, what have you. Um, it's, it's much more in depth than I think I've seen any sci-fi convention before, which is why I really wanted to, um, I wanted to make sure I gave them a shout out. So it's 
B-O-S-K-O-N-E dot org for all information. Again, it's happening this weekend um, at the Weston Boston Waterfront going on from February 17th to the 19th. Uh, so definitely check it out. <laughs> they have a thing called the Fantasy Writer's Guide to Beer. Yes. That alone, I'm going. <laughs> um, they they also um, they also have much more gaming than I kind of you know I kind of glossed. How Buffy over. the Vampire Slayer changed television. I'm yeah, sold. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, you and I could discuss that. Yeah. How it changed the fact that you know basically the movie it the movie that preceded the TV show was more about like a valley total valley girl. This shows a direct continuation of the movie. I know, but it's totally different. Well, yeah, because it was made in a different part of the. Uh, one was in the 80s, one was in the 90s, so things were very different. But it was, com- but it was, it's totally different. Like it, the feel, the the humor. I mean, there was a hell of a lot more humor in um, the TV show. Uh, have you seen the original movie? Yes. I don't know. In the theater. I think it's pretty funny. Nah, it was okay. Uh, you know, Pee Wee Herman was in it. Yeah. You know, as a one-handed. Well, it was Josh Whedon, you know, making a movie. Like, yeah. I think that was one of his first movies, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the TV show did things that are constantly talked about and considered by other shows now. Yeah, it's a like, longer, longer form. So. It's but like, I mean, even know, no, but like even just like the diff- like the um the musical episode. Yeah. Like everyone talks about the musical episode of Buffy. Yep. No one talks about any other show that way. Yeah. And so now all shows have to consider it. Yeah, especially sci-fi shows. Yeah, just to do something different and keep it... Yeah, uh, you have shows like Supernatural and The Magicians and all that stuff that wouldn't exist without Buffy. Absolutely. Nerd fest over here. That's what we're here for. <laughs> um, speaking of Nerdfest, also going on uh, next week, uh, February 23rd to the 26th, is TotalCon.com, T-O-T-A-L-C-O-N.com. It's a gaming and gamers convention. Um, it's billed as New England's largest tabletop gaming convention, industry guests, actual championships. By the way, there are actual competitions, and this is a regional qualifier for it. So, um, I think there's like someone, there's like a qualifying team flying up from like the Virgin Islands in order to compete to (laughs) allow it to qualify as a, um, as, as a, as a proper, uh, you know, qualifying round. I don't know. It's crazy. So, um, hundreds of events. Uh, they do have a lot of, uh, video games as well. Uh, this is taking place at the Best Western Royal Plaza in Marlboro. So, relatively, um, relatively close to uh, to where we are here at the station, but I just thought it was great because when I saw the qualifying rounds for like that means there's a national championship somewhere. It's probably for magic cards. Probably, yeah. Oh, like basically, that, that stuff. Pe- people go crazy with that well, stuff. Well, there's a reason why. Um, what is it? The uh, I can't remember the name of the knockoff fake version on uh, Big Bang Theory. Pokemon? No, 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 no. <laughs> the, on <laughs> on Big Bang. Shin Pokemon? No, no, no. <laughs> on Big Bang Theory, they play a version. Yeah, they do. I a card game. It's called. Yeah. it's called like the Terrors of Kaha or something yeah. like that or whatever. But um, that's how popular it is that it's like weaved itself into pop culture and oh, yeah. into shows like yeah. that. So five zero eight eight seven one seven thousand is the number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. When we come back, a couple more events, then uh, the wide world of food and a bunch more. When we come back.
Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Taste of Massachusetts tonight. Love Lionel Richie. I was listening to him all day today. God. All day Welcome while Welcome to the Lionel Richie hour. Here it comes. All day. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Lionel Richie, he'll be... Uh, Lionel Richie is the new Jiminy Cricket. April. Oh, God. I can't remember the name, the date. Coming in April to uh, Massachusetts. Lionel Richie and Mariah Carey. <laughs> La Mariah, going back in the day like a baby on a pacifier. No? No, no ODB? No. No ODB, as you can see? No? no. All right. <laughs> um, some more, uh, and take us through some more uh, housekeeping, great events going on, great things to do in Boston and around New England. Um, are you, Jezebel, a fan of stars? What? You know, stars, celestial bodies. Uh, yeah. Planets. Sure. No? I can't tell if that was a confused, uh, yeah, or like a, uh, yeah. It was a confused one, because it was just kind of, are you a fan of stars with no context? I'm like, um, what are you talking about? Like, (laughs) stars, like, from Resident Evil? Because I've been thinking about that, or, like, stars, like, Dancing with the Stars, which I'm not, because I think it's stupid. Oh, What? Oh. You actually like Dancing with the Stars? Val Cherkovsky is awesome. Oh, my Val. God. Max and Val, brothers, awesome dancing. You're so basic, Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> no, if I was basic, I'd be talking about um, Derek Huff. He's everyone's favorite. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no? No, Len? No clue. No? Bruno? Yeah. I watched one season of Dancing with the Stars. Can you guess which one it was? Or um, who I was watching to see? Uh, was Doug Flutie on? No. Uh, it was one of the first couple seasons. Um, oh, uh, it was the hockey player that like showed... No, not even that one? Stacey Keebler. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's uh, that's from, why I watched. From, from World Wrestling. Yeah, I was yes, trying to yes. think of who from wrestling did it. And I, I didn't crazy. realize she did it. She must have been really early, huh? Yeah. Yeah, she was like the first. I think ho- the first or second. Yeah. Season. How, how, how was she? Uh, she? I think she made it to the final three. Yeah, oh, she was good. good. Good, good, good. Good for you. Surprise, surprise. Can't <laughs> um, watch something because it had to do with wrestling. Yeah. I am surprised they don't have more wrestlers on it because it kind of makes sense for a wrestler to do, or like one of their stable of, of uh, celebrities to do it just to kind of build up, get some cross promotion, you know? Yeah. Actually, I would love to see um, one of the McMahons, like specifically Shane O'Mac. Yeah, that'd, awesome. be, that'd be pretty cool. Or like the big show. <laughs> like, would be hilarious. That would be, I don't know if that's possible, but that would be awesome. That well, would be sweet. I mean, he, he lost a ton of weight, by the way. Yeah. He's, Did he's, he? Yep. Yeah, he's wow. fighting, isn't he fighting Shaq at World, at, uh, uh, that was the the rumor. And it's not it's, happening? I don't know. Nobody's heard anything about it. it. It might be awesome. The big show, the guy that's seven feet Yeah, huge, I know who the big show is. Yeah, wrestler, <laughs> is supposed to wrestle Shaquille O'Neal at the at WrestleMania this um, year, so it's supposed to be like the big gimmick yeah. one. Um, but I, until it's confirmed, I don't believe it. Anyway, <laughs> back to real stars and celestial bodies. So my friend had a spider named Arachnishak. <laughs> <laughs> that got a laugh out of Cam. They so had a cat named Landmaster Shack. <laughs> I had a friend who had a cat named Softenator. I had a friend who had a cat named Morgan Freeman. I had a cat named Shadow. <laughs> Not, not very. Shadow, wow, wow, nice. Yeah. nice. It was even creepier when she turned when she turned twenty and every and she was like a everybody. All my friends called her the zombie cat. <laughs> Shadow is a really creepy name for a dying cat. 
<laughs> I guess so. I had a dog named Louie that we called the Necromancer Familiar. No. Because he was all, he was a little miniature poodle, so they get kind of decrepit looking as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet dog. <sighs> Blind and deaf. <laughs> Poor puppies. Yep. Um, now where was, it? oh, so, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a my fish name like, Aquashack. That's what it was. Aquashack. Very Aquashack. Nice. Uh, I was trying to remember where I was going with this, and then I had to look at my notes. So, um, the history of solar eclipses from omens of doom to Einstein and exoplanets uh, with Tyler, Tyler Norgren uh, is going to be presented at the Lexington Community Education um, uh, School uh, at the Waldorf School in Lexington uh, this Saturday, February 18th, from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's only $10, which is why I thought it was really cool. Right. Um, I didn't see in the notes them talking at all about... Um, everyone forgets that uh, Christopher Columbus was basically captured and um, was about to be killed on his fourth voyage to the New World. And the only reason why he wasn't is because he um, accurately predicted an eclipse. Oh. And he scared the natives into thinking he had some worldly knowledge when he got <laughs> away, which is kind of uh, crazy. Anyway, yeah. um, so I was looking at this, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. But the best part is um, afterwards, as long as it's a clear enough night, you can use their high-powered telescope and look at the Orion Nebula. Wow. Well, how many people do you know have a high-powered telescope? None. Cam? Uh, All your buddies? I don't. No? Your buddy Bob, who you watch wrestling with? Well, wait, what's his name? Rich. Nick. Nick, Nick. That Bob? you do the podcast with? The Bobcast. <laughs> <laughs> if his name was Bob, we'd probably call it the Bobcast. The Bobcast. That's awesome. <laughs> this is the Woos and Brews Bobcast. Right, what about the Camcast? The Camcast? That's, that's no. a possibility. That's, yeah. Um, no, I use the name Bob for everyone, so, like, if if I have to talk about someone who's, like, not doing a good job with something, I'm like, yeah, that's, you know... Just because Bob does it doesn't mean you have to do it. You know what I mean? I just use the name Bob. Oh. No? Bob is a demon from Twin Peaks. (laughs) (laughs) Is he the omen of doom? Pretty much. Coming with solar eclipses? Yep. Um, I just thought this was a pretty cool event because it's in Lexington. That's kind of central to pretty much everyone in Massachusetts, at least. Uh, It's only $10. And then, again, the big thing is afterwards... How many times do you get to look through a high-powered telescope at uh, the Orion Nebula? Yeah, that's pretty doesn't, cool. Doesn't happen too often. Nope. Um, let's do one more before the break. Um, I thought this was pretty cool as well. You are able to. There are photo tours. Uh, I'm sorry. There's. You're able to do a photo tour of the Freedom Trail. In other words, you will take your own photos, but you're actually uh, accompanied by and led by someone who is actually a a uh, expert at it as well as helping you set all of your settings on your various camera phones so i thought this was kind of uh kind of an interactive interesting way to if cuz everyone has a smartphone of some level right. but not everyone knows how to use it like a lot of times people ask me how do you get good food photos and i'm like oh you just learn yeah. um so this is kind of cool i thought Except instead of doing it with food, they do it with um, the uh, various uh, historic landmarks in Boston. So you get to tour all in one day. Boston Common, Park Street Church, the uh, Granary Burial Grounds, King Chapel, 
Benjamin Franklin statue, Old City Hall, the building where the Boston Tea Party meeting took place, the Old State House, Boston Massacre site, and much more. The historical commentary will reveal the truth behind the events that ignited the American Revolution, um, all ending at the Faneuil Hall Marketplace at Quincy Market. I just think it's pretty cool that uh, someone was conscious enough to realize that you could add these, put these two things together, give someone real value, great tour. What I would suggest, you do it on your own, pay the fee, do it on your own, then afterwards bring your friends around so that way they don't have to pay as well. Um, It's all under photowalks.com. And uh, you can follow the links to to properly find the one that's for the Freedom Trail, uh, but it's under the moniker Photo Tours. I just thought it was cre- someone someone was really creative about putting this together because th- there's a ton. I almost swore. There's a ton of. Um, Don't worry, I got the dump button. Ready. No, yes, <laughs> thank you. Fingers right on it. Oh, I was gonna say a boatload, but not boat load. Right. <laughs> um there's there's so many of these tours and these um things for tourists. Uh I just think this is uh this is something that you could do as someone who lives here and not necessarily feel like a tourist. Right. Um so I thought that was uh I thought that was pretty cool. I figured I'd give them a shout out. So 508-871-7000 the number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. When we come back, the wide world of food and so much more. It's another to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Cam, I think uh, I think we're just going to go straight to it. Hey, ladies, this is Cam Galleon, aka Prince Eric, and this is the wide world of food. Did you make this one longer? No, no. Uh, this is the original version. Still got ten seconds. Nice. Right on. Right on. Right on. Right on. Right on. Um, kicking off the wide world of food, doing it right. Woman shoots her boyfriend over a cold taco. <laughs> Seriously. Is she related to you, Cam? What a psycho! Yeah. Who gives somebody a cold taco? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. A woman in North Houston, of course this is Texas. Uh-huh. Of course this is Texas. A woman in North Houston shot her boyfriend, I'm assuming ex-boyfriend, during an argument involving a cold taco, according to Fox 11. The couple was at a local taco truck Monday, once again, food trucks are evil, um, when they were served a cold taco. Not being a fan of cold tacos, the woman asked the staff at the truck to reheat her taco, but was rejected. <laughs> Damn food trucks. She then became so furiated that she ended up pulling out a gun. The boyfriend, who was trying to calm her down, got shot as a result. Wow. 
Don't tell me not to freak out about my taco. <laughs> I know, right? Investigators haven't figured out if the woman actually shot her boyfriend on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we just laugh because we know. Yeah. Or if the gun was fired accidentally in a struggle to calm her down. Never try to calm down a woman with a gun. Uh, she's freaking, freaking out about Never a try to calm down a woman. Yeah, you don't even have to <laughs> it doesn't work with a gun. <laughs> Uh, I've seen people get unhappy over the food not being the way it should, too salty, too cold, too hot, etc., but I've never seen someone pull out a gun over a cold taco. That's just crazy. <laughs> Fox News has reported the man will survive the shooting, but there's no telling yet if charges will be filed against his girlfriend. I guess that taco truck employee learned a lesson as well. If someone asks you to reheat a taco, just do it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Oh my God! Of that's, course, of course, though it had to be Texas, right? That's almost as good as the guy threw an alligator in a drive-through window. Yes, I forgot about that story. That yeah. was probably There's some absolute psychopaths out there. Wait, wait right? Pam, were you here that night? I don't believe so. Yeah, uh, ba- someone threw a baby alligator into a drive-through window. Um, probably the craziest food story we've ever covered. Yeah. Um, it, it's still crazier than than getting shot at a taco truck. <laughs> You got no street cred. They're like, oh, I got shot. You did? How? Uh, my girlfriend I told shot my girlfriend to calm down <laughs> about her cold taco. Yeah. She shot me. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, moving on to, I, I found this absolutely amusing. McDonald's designated a milkshake straw that will change the way you suck. Wow. I actually saw this, and it actually looks genius. Yeah, so um, what it is is it looks like a candy cane, and the straw, instead of having one opening on the bottom, has two openings on the side, and so it allows you to pull in more liquid at, <laughs> at different levels of the shake. So uh, a few weeks ago, McDonald's announced that they were adding a brand-new line of Shamrock Shakes-inspired drinks, uh, to their menu, these include the Shamrock Chocolate Chip Frap, the Chocolate Shamrock Shake, the Shamrock Hot Chocolate, and the Shamrock Mocha. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, in, uh, in a recent McDonald's, I just found this just ridiculously crazy. Uh, but it's good marketing, so, which is why we love talking about this yeah. stuff. In a recent McDonald's Facebook live stream, the fast food chain announced that they have been collaborating with two aerospace and robotic engineering companies, <laughs> Jace and NK Labs, to elevate the simple straw into a new item they're appropriately calling the STRAW, the straw. <laughs> the, quote, suction tube for reverse axle withdrawal, or straw how did they think of a name like that wow because they took the word straw and said all right yeah. let, <laughs> let's pound this round hole into a square peg or whoa, whatever whoa 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 or let's pound this square peg we're into we're not that a, late a, night a this hole. is not a uh, a winter play party wow <laughs> i didn't say it. well yeah god you guys are horrible <laughs> mcdonald's latest answer to the dual layer chocolate okay we can't write i can't read this now McDonald's response, uh, McDonald's latest answer to the dual layer chocolate shamrock shake. It features a J-shaped design complete with well-placed holes for your milkshake to enter through. Wow. I like some How do you not have Khalees playing yet? Khalees? He doesn't know what that is. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. 
Because I know. can't cue that up on command. Because that's so nerdy. Yeah, but that's perfect. It's too uh, obvious. When Mc- who cares? That's what we're all about. When McDonald's dropped their new chocolate shamrock shake, customers would have to mix their beverage together if they wanted a combination of both chocolate and mint flavor. The straws design allows for both components to be sucked without having to mix the shake up. McDonald's will be giving away 2,000 of these straws, which sounds, to fans across the United States, a list of participating McDonald's, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's going to happen on February 24th. It's just like Only 2,000? Yeah, I know, That's right? not a lot at all. Uh, we're figuring they gave out 10,000 exclusive Big Mac sauce yeah. bottles. Uh, so again, this is all happening on February 24th. Huh. Holy cow. Cam, are you gonna uh, you gonna hit this up? If I can grab it, I mean, no, probably not. Well, I mean, I'm not a shamrock shake guy. Not, not even a chocolate shamrock nah, shake. Nah, not a minty guy. I like mint on its own, uh, mixed with chocolate. It just ruins well, the still, chocolate. I'm assuming they're still gonna have the original shamrock shake, which is basically just. I also don't minty. like a shamrock shake. But you like mint. Yeah, it's all right. It's, food is meh. meh. You mean like basically? Fish. I love minty gum and McGillicuddy's. That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's where my mint goes. Yeah, same. Nice, nice. I don't like eating mint. You don't? Mint chocolate chip ice cream. If I'm really feeling it. Yeah, once in a while I'll have that. But yeah, that's about that's as far as it goes. It. I haven't had a garden in a while, but uh, I would grow like five, six different kinds of mint. And there's one mint called mojito mint. Yes. <laughs> it is so sweet. You hmm. like it's amazing. There's also chocolate mint, uh, which is you'd never believe it. There's uh, there's Does it a taste like chocolatey mint. Yeah. Oh wow. No, like literally, just pull the leaf off. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Like real growing mint, and uh, it's amazing wow. how many different um, flavors. There's I think there's a lemon mint too. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember how you had like I had the regular mint, spearmint, mojito mint, which my father says is great in yogurt. Intriguing. Well, because, I mean, you would think it would be, right? Because it's got a little bit of sweetness. It's like, um, you know the Setvia plant? There's, uh, You can get these plants, and their leaves are sweet. And, you, like, you put them in your mouth, and it tastes like sugar. Stevia. Yeah, but the plant is called Setvia. Stevia is the name of the product they make from it. That's interesting. Yeah, but it's, they're really cool. Yeah. And um, I had two of those one year, and, like, that and the mint... That's why herbs are like cool. Yeah. <laughs> herbs are like herbs are like cool. cool. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> it it it's well, but it's but like seriously when because I was at the um, whatever the plants whatever I was getting them, and um, they had all the plants you know in the lined up and I was like pulling all these leaves <laughs> tasting. I, they must have thought I was nuts, but I'm like, oh my god, this tastes like chocolate. I'm buying this. When we first moved into my parents' house, there was a bunch of different mint plants, and there was a, a grapevine, like huge grapevines, and uh, blackberry plants in the backyard. Did you eat the blackberries? So, yeah, of course. Were they like, good? I was like 11, yeah. Nice. They are good. Nice. But then the neighbor, like, half the plant was in their yard, half the plant was in our yard, and they just ripped the whole thing up. Savages. Absolute savages. Yep. 508-871-7000 is the number to join us. You should have saved the plants and been a gangster about it. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I love this song, and I ne- we never actually listen yeah. to the music when we're going out to break. That's true. So, you know, it is what it is. 
Number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts. We'll be right back. Thousands the number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts, going through some of the great stories in the wide world of food. Gam, this one's right up your alley. Fantastic. Have you, uh, you, you purchased beer at a lot of different places, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Have you, uh, purchased beer at Walmart? I have not. <laughs> I love where this is going. This is, this is going in a good direction. <laughs> Walmart just got sued for selling fake craft beer. <laughs> Yeah. They're going to hipster court. Yeah, they're going, basically. Uh, Walmart claims that their line of craft beers was developed in conjunction with a craft beer brewing company called Trouble Brewing. Ha ha ha. According to, uh, the consumerist. However, the only Trouble Brewing company that was found was an Irish brewery that doesn't match to any of the information Walmart gave about the company producing their craft beer. The company in Walmart's paperwork for the alcohol is called WX Brands, and they develop all types of alcohol for brands around the world. They clearly don't fit into the legal definition of craft beer. Um, I didn't think there was a legal definition. But yeah, I thought that was kind of a term that yeah, was used loosely. Yeah, I thought too. so, too. I thought it was a marketing term, uh, which requires production of less than 6 million barrels per year and less than 25% of non-craft brewer to own it. Yeah, but, I mean, the largest craft brewer... In America is Sam Adams, yeah. and, and they only do one percent yeah. of all the beer. So, like, no one's even going to come close to twenty-five. Yeah. Anyway, um, however, Walmart pulls up their craft beers, which include their Cats Away IPA, After Party Pale Ale. <laughs> I like that name. That's a good one. Round Midnight Belgian White <laughs> and Red Flag Amber beers. Have you drank any of those, Cam? I did not know Walmart made beer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't either. It's definitely not around here. Uh, yeah, it's definitely like not a Massachusetts thing. Like, go down to yeah. Florida. I'm sure you can find it. Uh, next to all the other craft beers in the store, which uh, further distorts the cus- consumer's image. Well, here's the problem. I mean, their beers are technically less than 6 million barrels per year, less than 25% of the uh, non-craft brewery that own it, because if it's owned by Walmart, they're not... It's not like they're part owners in Bud, you know, Budweiser or whatever. So technically, I think it meets the definition of whatever they're throwing out. Anyway, I mean, the the bigger story here is just don't buy beer at Walmart. Like, don't be don't be that guy. I would be curious as to how it tasted, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it must taste good though, because the thing is, it's being made by uh, uh, an organization that produces types of alcohol for other brands. You know, yeah. so it, it has to be. You know, it's probably being done in probably a better facility than what most uh, most craft. Well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, craft brewers are um, just crazy about the quality of everything they do. But oh, I wish I was smart enough to figure out how to make my own beer, yeah. like, like good beer. Yeah. Um, because the beers are available in Walmart across 45 different states, there's a good chance you saw it and thought it was a craft beer when, it, in fact, it wasn't. Um, if you bought the product, you were getting deceived by Walmart. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on now. Deceived by Walmart. Anyone who walks into a Walmart, they know what they're getting. Yeah. Um, who was able to sell beer for a higher price because it was called craft beer. Uh, hey, look, that's your problem anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a result, a class action lawsuit, this is where it gets silly, Yep. Uh, has been brought against Walmart by a group of residents from Ohio um, <laughs> who are looking for compensatory and punitive damages. Punitive damages. That is the most ridiculous thing. It as, really is. That as, is absurd. As well as an injunction to prevent the labeling of the beer. Anybody who wants anything back after drinking a beer, like... What kind of person are you? Find something better to do with your time. If like, you get people, drunk, if yeah, you bought, just drink the beer. You won't care anymore. If you bought a beer that you've never seen the label before at Walmart, yeah, <laughs> like what do you expect? <laughs> you gotta, like, dude, you got issues. Um, I mean, got, I like I mean, weird beers issues, and stuff. You got but... issues if you're mad about it. Forget yeah. it. Forget like, I don't care. Buy it wherever you want. Go but... back to buying Magic Hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the plaintiffs are calling the marketing of the beers wholesale fiction, and I couldn't... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is awesome. Oh, my goodness. Wholesale fiction. Wholesale fiction and punitive damages over McDonald McDonald's. Wow. Walmart. <laughs> like, give me a break. <laughs> but are you really defrauding the public? Ah. Selling them beer? That might be a stretch. Yeah, the public is a bunch of idiots. Like, yeah. Comp- ah. I can't even get words together over this. I know. So stupid. Find something better to do. All right. Drink your beer, get drunk, and watch Scooby-Doo. Here's... <laughs> Damn right. Um, are you guys fans of Beauty and the Beast? Yes. Okay. It's Marginally. My favorite, it's my favorite Disney movie. Disney fans will nerd out over this Beauty and the Beast-inspired cafe. What? I'm more excited about the Beetlejuice one. There's a Beetlejuice cafe? Oh, yeah. Where's that? Uh, I think it's in New York. Oh, right. We talked about... Oh, yeah. my God. Of course... I almost said Jiminy Crickets, and I stopped myself. Why? I we haven't know. had any Jiminy Crickets lately. You've got me conscious. I ruined about it. it. You did. Cam, I ruined Jiminy Crickets. Oh no! Yeah, this is the worst Christmas ever. Um, <laughs> you ruined Christmas. I did. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so dis- Disney fans will be happy. Uh, there's just something about bringing anything animated into real life that makes us overly giddy, like a girl's first time at Disneyland. I think anyone's first time at Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, come on. Come on. Equal opportunity. Disney I would lovers. honestly cry if my parents were like, hey, we're going to Disney World. Yeah. Like. With happiness. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The best. Yeah. Uh, in celebration of the live action version of Beauty and the Beast uh, hitting theaters real soon, the Townhouse Cafe at the Kensington Hotel, this is in London, Ooh. is offering a limited time experience called Tale as Old as Time. Just one caveat, the cafe is in London. I, they just wanted to use the word caveat. Right. <laughs> they did, because they're fancy. Yeah. Uh, this after, uh, So the afternoon tea experience has a lot of Disney pixie dust infused. The menu and ambiance <laughs> is reminiscent of the classic movie and has actual ceramic adaptations of Mrs. Potts, Chip, uh, that you can actually drink out of. Priced at 35 euros or 45 with champagne. Wait a minute, I can fill Mrs. Paws with champagne? Yes. That'd be <laughs> funny. That sounds like a fun night. Uh, with great selection. I got my teapot drunk last night. <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't said that before. I know. Um, well, I did have a group called the Sexy Teapots for like five minutes. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. You used to dance under that name? <laughs> yep, pretty much. 
Uh, for the Magical Cafe, has to be booked uh, until the end of June. Is booked up until the end of June, but at least the cafe will be around until November. So you have some time uh, to stack up those airline miles. Um, I think Disney's probably going to do this themselves. So you probably can go to Orlando or um, Anaheim and experience something very similar to it. Right. I'm just guessing. Uh, but some of the photos looked pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, let's do one more before the break. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot. <laughs> You're laughing at this, too? I totally forgot about this. Wow. Uh, Cam. Yes. Um, you're you're a young enough guy to where you probably have delusions of grandeur where you're gonna like when you get married. Be a Jedi. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> very nice. Uh, when you get married one day, you're gonna just do the wedding in Vegas or something, right? Is that no? No. <laughs> Not me. No. No. Um. Well, would you consider? Oh well, I don't know. Maybe if you were drunk enough. You, if you were drunk enough. Um, if you uh, if you were to uh, look at the food establishments, uh, specifically in the fast food arena, uh, which Taco you... Bell? <laughs> <laughs> I saw this. <laughs> oh, you did see this? Yeah. <laughs> Would you consider Taco Bell to maybe, cater and full service your wedding? Maybe if it was that Taco Bell cantina in Vegas. No, maybe. I think that's what it is. So Taco Ooh. Bell just announced they will be giving two lucky lovers. A chance to have a dream wedding. Oh, but this is like the crazy Taco Bell, right? With yeah. All the, well, that's not a regular Taco Bell. The fast food but chain. Still. The fast food chain is offering <laughs> a paid trip to Las Vegas to become the first couple to tie the knot at their recently reopened Las Vegas Cantina Taco Bell flagship. Woo. Yep, this includes a bouquet of hot sauce packets. Oh my god. Wow. That's amazing. This just took a turn for the worse. A twelve pack of a twelve pack of tacos. Come on. And champagne flutes filled with twisted freezes, which is their version of slush. Twisted freezes? Between February fourteenth. Wait, it's not that like Yeah, the fr- like slush. It's, it's like not the slush. um the special Mountain Dew they have, what's no, it called? Uh Baja no, Blast. That's Baja Blast, yeah. Um between February 14th and 26th, couples can enter the new, quote, Love and Tacos contest and Come happily on. ever crashers no. sweepstakes. Through Let's just twi- see how many weird wedding puns we can fit into a Taco Bell joke. <laughs> through Twitter or Instagram by posting a 30-second video of themselves and sharing their love story with the hashtag... Going hash- to the Taco Bell, we're gonna They're- get married. Whoever wins is just gonna be the person who has the story about how they met. At a Taco Bell. At a Taco Bell. Hashtag- we were fighting over the last chalupa, and then I looked over and just saw her eyes and... After I looked she, at this gordita and I was like, ooh. After and she I'm not shot talking me. about the tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, beat me to it. Beat me to it. After she's ta- after she shot me at the taco truck, I decided we were gonna go to Taco <laughs> Bell from now on. Yeah. Hashtag love and tacos contest. Always warm tacos there. Oh hashtag, man. Again, hashtag love and tacos what, contest. What is a twelve pack of tacos? Um, twelve tacos. I know, but like. Uh, that's part of your getting married thing? It's 12-pack of tacos? <laughs> that's, I guess that's what you're well, going to have. Well, they sell those, the taco big box. Oh. Which comes with a bunch of tacos. I used to dance under that name. <laughs> <laughs> I, this, by the way, we're only halfway through the story. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Once the entry window closes, fans from across the United States can vote on which couple they'd like to see tie the knot for free. 
Taco Bell will oh. then pick the winner on March 16th, the day before St. Patrick's Day. Hashtag America. And fly them. A Thanks, plus, Trump. A, <laughs> yeah, I blame I blame Donald Trump on this. Um, uh, March 16th, the winner gets picked. Uh, Taco Bell will then fly them a plus one and a guest who voted out to Vegas. <laughs> a random person? Yep. Here's this random guy from Arkansas who's like, I like you guys. You guys should get married at this Taco Bell. <laughs> what? There's definitely it's, one creep who's like, I really want to go to this wedding. He's yeah. just votes over and over. Yeah, and over yeah exactly. Uh, it's going to be Cousin Eddie. It's going to be Cousin Eddie. Oh, my God. Uh, to Vegas as part of the wedding. So basically, have have a complete stranger who loves Taco Bell yeah. at your wedding. That's not the creepiest thing. Are they in the wedding pictures as well? <laughs> they have to be. Oh, they're double they fisting like quesadillas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bob from Arkansas ate six of the tacos we got. Yep. <laughs> Bob from Arkansas yeah. got drunk and ate all the tacos. Yeah, at he our tore wedding. into our our, our uh, marriage twelve pack of tacos. Cam from Massachusetts. <laughs> this guy just shows up. Drinking uh, beer from Walmart and eating tacos. <laughs> that would be if it was a McDonald's wedding. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, I would vote every day. So, so much more. Or uh, I would just find a girl to marry me. So, so, so listen to this. If you're one of the many people who didn't get picked to have your Taco Bell wedding in Vegas, Taco Bell is also offering a $600 wedding package this summer, which can be, uh, which can be purchased by any visitor to the cantina. Within four to six hours of purchasing the package, you can instantly tie the knot at Taco Bell. What, they Vegas. just have a justice of the peace on the ready at all times. Probably they all do, it's right? Like it's like the Vegas. assistant manager. Yeah, <laughs> they're double duty. The assistant to the regional yeah. manager. Yeah. I got certified as a. Uh, yeah. Brb, gotta go marry some weirdos. Well, here's the thing: the Las Vegas Cantina is 24-hour Taco Bell, so they can do it at any time. Yeah. Um, but uh, worry not; they have a DJ booth there on the second floor oh. lounge. Oh. Wow. Come on, this doesn't make you want to tie the knot and get married right away. Uh. <laughs> I do not want to talk about it. Oh. Yeah. Well, the, the the funny thing is, uh, like, we never talk about this, but Taco Bell was started by this, like, lily white guy named uh, Robert Bell, who started a burger stand and failed. So he said, well, maybe I'll try tacos. And then it took off. <laughs> so Taco Bell is like some, like, middle-aged white dude from California's invention. I told you that my uh, my uncle Chris's father... Um, different father from my mother. He started the franchise of KFC and Boston Market, or when it was Boston Chicken. Yep. So my uncle Chris's wedding was catered by a KFC because of that. Wow. So that's kind of funny. Way back in the day. I would love that. Yeah. I would vote in order to win a chance to go to that wedding. Five zero eight eight seven one seven thousand is the number to join us here on Taste of Massachusetts, sponsored by Taco Bell. I know, right? <laughs> We'll Sponsored be right by Taco Bell and Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. When I say goodbye, it's never for long. Cause I know our love still lives on. It'll be again exactly like it was. Cause I've been
Welcome back, everybody. Final segment of the night for Taste of Massachusetts night. Unbelievable. Um, continuing with the wide world of food, I do want to mention, because we're talking about KFC and, you know, we have to. Um, did you see that in Singapore, KFC's Chizilla, a chicken pizza, has been launched. And what it is is, there is no crust. It is chicken. Fried chicken. No comments at all? I don't know. Sounds cool, I guess. <laughs> so it's like a pizza without the pizza. So, basically, so it's the taco. It's the, yes, it's the, it's the taco it's version. It's the KFC yes. version of the Taco Bell chicken taco. Yes. Yeah. It is basically a. But um, a pizza. It, what it looks like it is, is, uh, they took chicken, they mashed it up, made a giant. Uh, chicken nugget that is in the shape of a pizza bread flat and then put an actual pizza toppings on it and cooked it off. Hmm. It uh, does not look appetizing. Um, I, like, get thirsty and just want to drink water looking at it, thinking it must be super salty. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it, there's a reason why it's in Singapore and not in America. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Speaking of that, Singapore and Fitchburg is a fantastic restaurant. <laughs> is that the one with the giant um, buffet? No. No buffet. Do you know what I'm talking about? No idea. There's the, the, the largest Chinese buffet is in, like, somewhere in this area, and I see it advertised every now and then, but then huh. I, like, scroll past it, and then when I go back, I can't find it because, um, well... It's an ad, so it doesn't stay in your news feed. So, gotcha. You know. That's it. No comments. Yeah. All right. Eh. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. Starbucks is putting ice cream in their coffee. <laughs> okay, that will get me talking. All right. I have <laughs> your attention. I'm in. Uh, if someone had to ask me what my favorite dessert is of all time, I'd immediately tell them it's affogato, which is. Italian and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, perfectly blended cold, creamy ice cream and warm, bitter espresso. It's ideal any time of the year. So this apparently is what Starbucks is planning to do. Um, they're starting in Orange County, and um, hopefully it will be making its way east. But uh, what do we think of this? Comments? Thoughts? I don't know. It sounds good to me. Sounds good. Uh, one of my favorite things, uh, I used to work at Dairy Queen. They had a moulatte. Which mm-hmm. was ice cream blended with slushy, but with coffee flavoring, like unflavored slushy and coffee flavoring. Oh wow! And it was delicious. I mean, it was fake coffee, but it was still really good. Yeah, sounds kind of like a coffee culotta, but fancier. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, so. I I totally think this is gonna work for them. Yeah. Uh, I think their coffee is so. It. I mean, everyone's people who don't like Starbucks coffee say it's burnt. Um, That's just people who don't like coffee and don't realize what coffee's supposed yeah, to taste like. Yeah, I mean, it's, like. it's just dark roast and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I think because it is so uh, bitter and has that uh, flavor that um, once you put ice cream in it, because ice cream's so sweet, it'll balance out. Yeah. I think uh, I think they get a winner with this. Even though there's no crazy, there's no, like, fun name, they're not attaching it to a Pokemon uh, contest or yeah. anything like that. I, I think this is just one of those rare instances where um, the product itself is going to sell itself, and uh, that's why I wanted to talk about it. Good idea, though. Yeah, I'm definitely. surprised no one else has thought of it yet. You know, it, it's like uh, root beer floats and um, soda floats. 
with, yeah. with ice cream in them. I'm surprised those aren't more popular. They're so easy to do. Right oh, now. they're awesome. I make them at my house all the time. Yeah. Yeah, we make root beer floats at home. Oh, they're so and Diet Coke floats. Yeah, I, I, actually, I'm not a huge root beer guy. I usually do a Coke float. Yeah. Really? Coke or Diet Coke? Coke. Oh. Do you, do I would you, never put Diet Coke in my body. Do you ever, um, <laughs> what? It's, it tastes so gross. Says the guy who eats McDonald's constantly. Um, do you, uh, do you ever do it with a Coca-Cola from Mexico that has the real cane sugar in it? I've had it a couple times. No, I, I don't, um, have a Mexico nearby to get some of that Coca-Cola. <laughs> I know, that damn wall. <laughs> if it wasn't for... Thanks, Trump. Trump. Thanks, Trump, again, screwing up the food. Um, Trump. Did you, by the way, did you see the... Like, I'm totally not getting political, but this is funny. There's a... Yeah, there's a Mex- there's, this was came out a while ago. We didn't mention it, but we probably should have. There's a Mexican restaurant with a sign that says, uh, our Mexican food is so authentic, uh, Trump wants to build a wall around it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. I'm like, that is good marketing. Yep, it is. That is good marketing. Um, yeah, seriously, the, the Coca-Cola with cane sugar, it's, it's amazing. It oh, yeah, tastes it's, so it's different. But it doesn't, it tastes like there's an actual, like, crazy flavor going on. It's not just like, that Coca-Cola cola yeah. flavor. Which, so. by the way, that is my favorite beverage in uh, the world. The original. A nice classic Coca-Cola. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, Aside from beer. But yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, where's beer rank on your list? Because you kind of mm, like beer. Beer. Yes, you do. Um, guess what, guys? That's the show. Oh, wow. That's going to do it for us tonight here on Taste of Massachusetts. Uh, Jezebel Grace of the Graces, thank you for coming in tonight. Cam, excellent job behind the glass. Thank you uh, to everyone for listening. We, of course, uh, have so much more to get to tomorrow night. The guys from Masshole.Eats are going to stop in. Um, I got a bunch of shout-outs that I actually didn't get to tonight, so we're going to be talking about that. And uh, so much more food in the news. Vinny's Girly Drink of the Week tomorrow night. And uh, all that and more. So tune in starting at 7 p.m. tomorrow here on AMA 30 WCRN. Stay tuned next for Michael Savage and the Savage Nation, the ultimate culture shock, going from this show to that here once again on AMA 30 WCRN.